Hello, yes. everybody. Welcome to today's show. I'm really excited for today's guest. When I was doing some research on her, see, she has so much wisdom in lots of different areas that she was sharing. So, Alison, if you would love to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, and then we'll see where today's episode takes us. Oh my goodness, Emma. First, thank you so much for having me on. What an honor to be able to contribute in this way. I know we're going to have so much fun. So my name is Allison Chavis, and I am a success and life coach to professional God-centered women. And basically what I help them do is get out of their own way, learn how to achieve their goals without the hustle and grind. My whole mission is success without struggle. Um, because I found, I, I created a lot of success with an enormous amount of struggle and it was all internal struggle. And I kept getting in my own way with my own values, with not thinking that I was enough, with people pleasing, with all of those things. And when I, when I really learned three things, I learned how to lead with feminine energy and what feminine energy actually was. I learned how money actually worked on a spiritual and on an energetic and a feminine level. And I learned how to change my subconscious beliefs in a really practical, straightforward way. And my life just took off. I lost 45 pounds in four months. I've kept it off for three years. It was easy. It was fun. We were in a bankruptcy when I learned these things. I, we went from bankruptcy to $232,000 in six months. Um, we're trending. We kept, we keep trending up year after year after year. My marriage transformed the relationship with my children transformed. Certainly my relationship with God, my higher power transformed in the process. And it was filled with so much fun and so much ease and definitely effort. I don't want anybody to think all they have to do is like meditate and then everything in their life changes. <laughs> there was actually that had to be taken, but it was action inspired by alignment. And suddenly life just became really, really gorgeous and really magical, even in spite of everything that was going on. And it is my mission to bring joy to the lives and end the struggle for millions of women around the globe. And I'm passionate mm. to teach how to do that. Mm, I love the, the clarity and in, in the enthusiasm when you speak, you can really tell that you're centered in the work that you do. And, and I would love to tune into there was something I read that you wrote and it was, it, there's not, it's not inevitable to experience challenge. You're always going to experience challenge, but you don't necessarily have to struggle. Could you discern like, what are the difference between those two things? Like what are the challenges that come? And then how do we kind of layer the struggle on top of that? Oh yeah. So challenge is necessary. I, I absolutely believe challenge is necessary on our journey to success. And as we launch from higher to success to su higher success, but ch the struggle is not, there is no value in struggle whatsoever. And, and, and if I can share a, a quick story to illustrate this, when I was young, I was like six, six or seven, I wanted to go outside and play. And my mom's like, well, you got to get dressed first. So I'm like, okay. So I remember putting my shirt on, but I was in a real hurry to get my shirt on. So it was on backwards. I was trying to shove my head through the sleeve. I had my arm sticking out the neck hole. I got to and, see that now. <laughs> right? And, and the more I struggled against that, the tighter the shirt got. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. I'm never going to get out of this until finally it was just stop. Just take the shirt off, turn it around and you're okay. And I had struggled against that. I was like, no, I can figure this out. <laughs> and it just got tighter and tighter. But when I finally just like stopped and got my bearings, I took the shirt off, turned it around within, you know, four seconds. I was in the shirt and off to play. And there was absolutely no value in that struggle that I had trying to get the shirt on wrong. And the tighter I, I fought, the more I fought, the more I struggled, the tighter the shirt became. And I thought, gosh, that's how I'm doing life internally. I would just struggle. Mm -hmm. Like a challenge would come and immediately the thought would be, this is too big for you. You can't really handle this. Why does this happen to me? Like I would create an immense amount of internal struggle and I would make the challenge, first of all, last longer than it needed to. And I made it so much harder than it actually needed to be because I kept fighting so much against what was instead of just like turning my boat around, so to speak, and just like flowing with it, finding the gems that were there. What this is actually here for my good. This is here to advance me. This is here to get me to my goals. This is not a barrier between me and my goals, which is how I viewed it before. And I think most people view challenge as barriers and then they try to push the barrier out of the way instead of like, actually though, this is exactly what's going to lead me to what I want. There are things that I need to learn that I can't learn in a more profound way than through this challenge. 
And, and this is, this is actually going to launch me where I want to go. And now when challenges face me, I've trained myself to look at it that way. Only good can come of this and everything always works out for me. All right. So what are we here to learn? When, when I, when I started really applying those thoughts to all of the things, you know, inflation that's going on ads that don't work, um, family struggles, you know, I've, I've got, I've got teenagers. So, you know, teenage angst and things that, that go on with our children and, you know, interpersonal things with relationships or like whatever is going on instead of fighting what so I'm like, this is actually going to lead me to exactly what I want. And mm-hmm. it helps you to navigate through that, those transitory periods that we all find ourselves in from time to time, helps us through the void and, and it helps it to shorten that amount of time through it as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. It's like embracing what is. And I think a, a big one for a lot of us, especially as coaches and entrepreneurs, is is failure. Coming into coming and experiencing failure and seeing that as like one of the, the most deepest challenge we can experience because we think failure means the end. Or <laughs> and how would you redefine failure, especially for a lot of the entrepreneurs that tune into this podcast? How would you redefine how we can approach failure, how we can see failure so that it's actually enhancing and supporting our journey. Oh, failure absolutely enhances and supports your journey. You know, people say failure is feedback and that fell on my own deaf ears for a long, long time. Cause I'm like, yeah, do you know what the failure, do you know what the feedback is? The, the failure is telling me I'm a loser. <laughs> like that's, that's the meaning that I would give yeah, it. Like this is story. never going to work. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like all of that garbage that we go through. And I was like, do you know what failure shows me? Gaps. That's all mm-hmm. it is. It's just showing me gaps that I didn't know were there when I first started in this project, but I want to close gaps. So I think especially, especially as women and especially as coaches and entrepreneurs, we have, a, we have two huge fears, failure and mistakes. So we can't make a mistake because that will lead to failure, which means I'm a fraud, which means I'm just out for my own good. And I don't actually help people. I mean, we just like, we just go into all of this not enoughness, which means I'm going to die alone and unloved. And like, that's everybody's core fear is that abandonment. But when you start looking at failure as, well, this is just showing me where my gaps are. And if I lay a foundation that everything always works out for me and only good can come of this, then I can lean into mistakes. Then I can be like, yeah, this is going to be raw. Some of this is probably going to be ugly. Some of this is not going to... It's not going to go as smoothly as I think, but some of it's going to work really, really well. And then those things that don't work or that break down midway, those are just the gaps that show me where I need to, what what I need to close, what I need to tighten. And Mm -hmm. so it makes me much more open to leaning in to something new and something unknown. I I would be so afraid to try new things because what if it didn't work? You know, and the people are like, but what if it does? And I'm like, but you don't understand. (laughs) What if it doesn't? But when, when you really start laying that foundation, everything always works out for me. Only good can come of this. You lean into the mistakes. You lean into any of those failures. You know, you, you talk to super, super successful people and they talk about all of the failures along the way. And, and I have failed my way to a seven-figure company. Like that's how you do it. Like some of the failures are spectacular, but the successes are even more magnificent than the failures. So if you just have, you can even have more failures than than successes and generally you do, but the successes become bigger than the failure. So really just understand failure is just showing you gaps, gaps that need to be closed. And if you'll lean into them and you'll embrace them, it gets really, really fun. I've gotten obsessed with, all right, where are the holes? Where are the gaps? What can I fill? Um, I'm really obsessed with my own communication with my team, with my family. And like, boy, they show me the gaps in my own communication all the time. (laughs) Cause I think it's really clear from my head to my mouth and rarely is it as clear as I think it is. But I, but I embrace, I embrace that feedback. Like where, where did I fall down in that communication? What gap do I get Mm. to close? And, and really it's taking radical responsibility for your part and your part only. I think as women and as coaches, we'll take responsibility for things that aren't ours to take responsibility for, but when we'll just have radical responsibility and own our creation, even if that's messy, and especially when that's messy, when we just claim it and we own it, then we stop being so afraid of it. And then we can Mm, move. 
And then we get to see the beauty in it as well, I think. Yes. We take yeah. our power back and we see it as, oh, this is a reflection of myself and this is something yes. that I get to, to play with and enjoy. When mm-hmm. you said you mentioned about bridging the gaps, can you expand a little bit on what that looks like and how you can actually, some tools that people can use in their day-to-day lives that actually begin to, to see those gaps and become aware of them, but also take that action that allows you to, to bridge them? So when you're wanting to bridge a gap, you, you find gaps when things don't work out the way you thought they would. So, so if you're like, oh gosh, that, that played out differently in my mind, there's a gap somewhere. So what did I miss along the way? Steve Jobs said, we only connect the dots backwards Mm. and he's right. So we, we all want to be able to connect the dots forward, but we can't, we connect the dots backwards. So when we go through what, whatever that is, let's say like, have you ever, have you ever had a conversation with your partner and in the middle of the conversation, it turns into an argument and you don't know why it turned into an argument. Like, you're like, what? Where, where did I get this? Where did this happen? Yes. Like where, <laughs> yeah. where, where did we go off on this? We started the conversation and now we're angry at each other. And, and I used to take full responsibility for that. Like, oh, I must've been really horrible at, you know, something I triggered you somehow. I'm so sorry. And we're going to trigger each other all the time. But in this, but in this instance, if somebody's upset, if suddenly I can see like, cause we can see if we're, if we're present, we can see somebody shut down. We can see somebody brace. We can somebody, we can see somebody start to get ruffled and we can feel it in ourselves as well. And that shows me a gap. Like our communication just missed each other in that instance. And so I have enough presence of mind now and enough self-esteem now where I can be like, oh, hang on. Something just happened. Something just happened that I didn't want to happen. So tell me what's going on. I triggered something because I want to learn. I want to learn like what came out of my mouth and how did you interpret it in a way that now you're upset with me because I still want to have this conversation. Like, so that's what I mean about like closing those gaps. And when you're present and when you're just curious, I'm, I'm curious, I'm not going to make this mean anything that doesn't help me. I'm just curious to see like, where, where did this fall apart a little bit? Where did this where was this really, really strong? But where we're looking at gaps, we're like looking at, okay, what, what actually fell apart? Was it, was it anything within my control? And if it was in within your control, then you close that gap. If there's an apology that needs to be extended, then you extend the apology for your part and only your part. Or if it's, oh my gosh, I for, I forgot to set the right link up in that email. <laughs> well, there's a gap. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. I got to reach, I got to check all the links before I send the email out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's, it's being willing to learn. It's being willing to improve and not letting the gaps mean that you're not enough that you shouldn't be doing this, that you're on the wrong path, but really is just like, hey, here's where we can improve. And then mm. we move forward from there. And I guess a lot of that is introspection with yourself as well, like communicating with yourself through whatever works for you, that journaling, that meditation and understanding how in your system you're responding to what's happening in your outside world. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. Mm. A really easy way to be able to see gaps and then close them in powerful ways that are empowering to you is if you have a good self-care ritual that goes on every single day, as you take better care of yourself, you stop taking so many things personally. You stop caring so much about what other people think about you and about what you're doing because you're falling in love with the version of you that you are today. And you're also wanting to get to that next level of you as well. And when mm-hmm. you're in that self-care, you can have those conversations that allow you to not be offended, even if somebody else is offended in the conversation, or it allows, it allows you to own your part of the success, own your part of whatever broke down. Um, and, and it is, and your inner talk changes as well. So I would, I would say definitely a a huge part of closing gaps is making sure that you're, you're taking care of yourself every single day. You're kind to yourself. You're compassionate to yourself. A lot of times we go, we're tired or we're hungry. And so our judgment kind of lapses during that time. And so we need to lie down when we're tired or we need to change the energy up or get some food in our body for crying out loud <laughs> if we're really hungry instead of pushing through. And that, and that helps us to be more focused. That helps us to see the gaps and to be able to close those gaps so much faster. Mm, I really see that essence of compassion in that approaching yourself with so much compassion. And 
I know one of the things that you are really big on is moving from that feminine energy, that embodied feminine energy and like letting that lead the way, that feeling over that doing. Could you speak a little bit about that and how that has actually looked for yourself as well? Yes. So what I have found with the women that I, that I work with, um, and I'm sure Emma, you can relate to this. We're ambitious Mm-hmm. And we have the doing part nailed. We're oh, like, yeah. just, I'll figure this thing out and I will just do this and I will just run mm-hmm. myself into the ground. And it's, and my clients are like, well, how, how do I be? Just tell me what do I do to be? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, the being is the opposite of the doing. The doing is the masculine energy and you have that nailed down. So we need to get into the being. The being is the experience that you desire to have as you're doing. It's, it's who am I being in this moment? Am I being victimized by my own thoughts? Am I being um, loving to myself and to others? Am I being playful? Am I being flirty? Or am I being martyrish? Am I being a victim in some way? Am I being princessy about this? Am I having a tantrum? That's, that's the being. And that's why I believe we should all start our day in feminine energy. It's the being, what we want to experience throughout the day. I'm really big about flow and about flowing from one task to another. And the the masculine form of that is pivot. Like we got to pivot all the time. So I'm like, I got to be on my guard and I got to make sure I'm nimble and I'm agile. But if I'm flowing, I'm flexible. I'm present in the moment and I can flow here. And then if I need to cut back here and flow there, then I'm okay. But I need to start in that rather than I wake up in the morning and I put on my shoes and I hit the gym. I'm instantly in masculine. Actually, what I want to do is I want to get up in the morning and I want to breathe and I want to get into a meditation and set my intention for the experience I desire to have throughout my action-packed day. I want to experience flow. I want to experience connection. Me, my connection to God, my higher power is the most important connection I can have throughout the day because I want to be guided by an intelligence that is so much smarter than I am and has access to all these resources that I don't know about and can connect me with those resources. So I want to be connected to that. I want to be connected to expansion, to prosperity, to abundance. Like that's what I want to experience throughout my day. And that's the feminine energy. It's the desire. It's the dream. It's the imagination. And that is the primary function of the feminine. This is what Regina uh, uh, Thomas Schauer says. Desire is the primary function of the feminine. Production of that desire is the primary function of the masculine. So mm-hmm. what are your desires throughout the day? What do you want to experience? What do you, who do you want to be? And then as you're into that action, that action is going to serve that desire. So that's, that's really the, the being versus the doing. Mm, that's really a beautiful way that you put that because I think so many of us we've been conditioned to move from the doing first and then that's what creates this sense of like we have to create our outer peace then we can rest and have our inner peace once that outer peace is is sorted and resolved and so how do we balance with that so that it allows the masculine to follow is that about connecting to your intuition and moving from that place like how does that look in your life and how is it how do we access that action from this place of being yeah so you so you start you start with the intention which is the being it is it is accessing the intuition and i think that a lot of people go sideways really fast about intuition like oh i don't know how my intuition speaks to me and and certainly intuition is a skill it's another sense that we have intuition is the is the part of us that picks up on vibration and translates vibration. And so like what vibration are we in, in the moment with our intuition? Am I, am I feeling, am am I feeling discouraged? Am I feeling confused? Am I feeling afraid? Am I feeling doubt? Well, that's, that's, that's who you're being in that moment, fearful and filled with doubt. And then that is going to be doused in all of your actions. So it's just like, and that intention is like, what do I, what what's it's the purpose behind it the intention is the purpose mm-hmm. behind it and in an easier way it's just what do i want to feel what do, what do i want to feel throughout all of throughout this whole experience of today because if we're in the constant doing what we end up at the end of the day is nothing more than tired mm-hmm. exhausted worn out and our soul feels dead but if we'll start if we'll start in in that feminine where we're where we're just we're filling ourselves up 
We're filling ourselves up with love, with compassion, with joy. And, and if that's too hard, then play. Like what feels playful to me? What feels flirty with me? Think about what the only place that everybody allows themselves to flirt all the time is with babies. We, we flirt with, with babies all the time. We don't have to know them. We'll stand in line and then suddenly we're just like, <laughs> we're at the grocery store or whatever and we're playing peekaboo with the babies. We're flirty. We're playful with them. Can you do that throughout your day with your work? Can you have a playful attitude with your work instead of like, I just got to grind this thing out. I just got to push through this. And so watch your language, watch your inner speak about what's going on. If you're in a lot of masculine, you'll feel that you'll, it'll start to feel really heavy to you. Your body will start doing things like this. <laughs> your shoulders will hunch your, and, and you'll just, you'll, it'll start feeling really, really heavy. And so we move out of that energy into the playful feminine in by getting into our bodies, by moving, by moving your shoulders, moving your hips, getting some water, getting yourself grounded. Um, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've squirreled. That's kind of, that's kind of what the feminine does. <laughs> the feminine's really dynamic. So it's not linear. It goes here and there and circles back and goes around there. But I hope that answers your question. No, I love this. I love this. I love the flow as well. Like the the way in which you're speaking is in is in that feminine essence and the way that we're speaking and having this podcast is in this feminine essence which is why it comes out so beautifully in in my opinion and and i think the the doing part then naturally just follows there's no like what should i do now or what what action should i take now it's like oh that action just flows through me when i'm tapped in when i'm tuned in to that that essence within me it does it does because actually that action comes up and you want to take that action because, because the, the masculine is here to serve the feminine. It's to serve the desire. So if your desire is to be productive and playful, then the masculine is going to serve the production and the, and the playfulness, but you got to be playful. You got to be playful with it because that's the mm -hmm. feminine. And then like I tell this to people all the time, they, they live and die by their to-do list, which is so confining and so rigid and so demoralizing, quite honestly, mm -hmm. because we feel defeated before we even begin because we have this list of impossible things to get done in this really short amount of time. And, you know, two thirds of our list gets moved over to the next day. So we just feel like we're behind all the time. But if you do have this list that you're working from, what feels lightest in the moment? What feels lightest to pick up? What feels easiest? What feels the most fun from all of the different choices of those tasks that you have to do? That's leading with the feminine and letting the masculine support. Or, or you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I want to go do this right now. Like that's how I'll do copy. I used to sit down and write out an email or whatever. And I feel like I was reaching down my throat and like ripping out a piece of my soul. <laughs> just trying to figure yeah. out what to say. I was like, you know what? I'm not up for that anymore. That's awful. That's grinding it through. I don't want to grind anymore. I don't want to hustle. What I want is it to trickle down to me. So I got into a, I got to get into a place of receiving. That is feminine. That's re receiving energy is feminine energy. So I got to get into like expansion and what would I like to talk about and what feels fun. And then I, and then I would just sit down and then like the ideas come and the words start to come as I'm typing because a masculine wants to support the feminine. It loves to please the feminine. Mm, beautiful. I think that's so important to, to tune into because we're we're so conditioned as a society to move from a completely different place to have this kind of structure to our to our lives that sometimes doesn't always serve us. I think the same with me when I started podcasting, I was like, right, I've got to put these questions out and it just didn't feel right to me. And then you start to tune into the to the feminine and you start to show up in that way. And you see the messiness sometimes I see when I ask questions. I'm like, why did I ask it like this? And what happened with like this? But we're embracing all of this as well. And I find being in the feminine allows us to do that. When you're in the masculine, you've got the structures and something goes wrong. It's like I'm falling apart. But when you're really in the feminine, you're just embracing the messiness, embracing the humanness of that full expression, that full experience, however that flows. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you're in the feminine, the feminine is all about connection. It's all about community and the masculine is all about individuality. It's all about the I and like figuring it out. And I'm doing this on my own, kind of the lone wolfing part. And both of these energies are important. These are creative energies, but when you'll lead with the feminine, then like we just, we do, we just embrace all of it. Like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just going <laughs> to trust that this is coming out because somebody needs to hear it in the way that I'm saying it. I don't know. I'm just going to get out of my own way. And we're just going to have this beautiful connection and this wonderful conversation about something that totally lights me up, completely turns me on. And I really believe contributes to other people's lives. So it's a double mm. blessing for everybody involved. And some, some pieces are going to be messy and some pieces aren't going to make sense to people. But overall, it's like, what's the feeling that you want to have throughout whatever experience that you're creating, whether it's in a podcast conversation or whether it's in uh, your own workout, uh, well, you know, your own meditation, like what, whatever it is that you're doing that you're doing in life. And can I speak just for a second about structure? Of course. So the masculine is the structure and we need the structure. So if you're mm -hmm. going to, if we're going to have a metaphor, the masculine energy is the riverbanks and the feminine energy is the river and you need both. If you don't have the riverbanks, the river just goes everywhere and it's, it doesn't have any sort of direction and it just kind of makes everything wet and leaves destruction in its wake. But if you only have the riverbanks and there's no river, then what's the point to the riverbanks? Mm. So if we only have the structure, but we don't have the experience and the flow, we start, we start losing our purpose. We're like, why are we even doing this? Like what? this doesn't light me up. I feel so unfulfilled. I'm reaching these goals, but all I feel is tired. And then my coach is telling me now double it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm exhausted. Now I have to double it. Like that's where I was. Cause I was in so much masculine all the time. It was just about the structure. It was really, really rigid. It wasn't about the experience. It wasn't about the flow. It wasn't about that life giving water of life that we want to have. But if we're just in feminine and we make masculine energy, the villain, then that's not empowered either. There's no direction. We don't have, we don't have the kind of um, impact that we want to have on people's lives. And then we start feeling restless and we start feeling bored and we start feeling like, is there something else? And that's why we got to marry the two and get them into partnership with each other. Mm -hmm. But as women, we lead with the feminine, which means we're in feminine energy about 80% of the time, 70 to 80% of the time. And then we let the masculine support us. And that doesn't mean we don't do our work. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean that we don't that, that we don't write copy or that we don't make phone calls or that we don't, you know, clean the house or anything like that. We still have that action because that's a really important piece, but it's the way that we do it mm. that then enhances absolutely everything because we're leading with the feminine energy. Mm, beautiful. I love that analogy that you gave there of the, the river and the riverbanks. I think that's a really good picture to have in your mind around what we're, we're talking about here. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to tap into something that you speak about, which is prosperity. Mm -hmm. uh, what does prosperity mean to you? What does prosperity look like to you? Oh, your prosperity to me is a richness in every cornerstone of your life. It's, it's wealth in your experience, in your, in your relationships, it's wealth in your level of spirituality, your connection with your higher power, it's financial wealth and it's wealth in your own health and your body image and what you're able to do. And it's, and it's being able to have a fullness of experience in every cornerstone of your life. Most people link prosperity with money and you know what? I've had money and no prosperity and it is, it, it's really not worth it. <laughs> I've had no money and lots of prosperity yeah. and I've had money and prosperity. And that's what I want for everybody <laughs> is money, is money and prosperity. It's this, it's this, it's the way that you approach life that's filled with expansion. That's filled with curiosity. That's filled with enthusiasm and a willingness to lean into all parts of life, knowing that everything in your life is meant to advance you to where you want to be. And also understanding that there is no arrival point in this life. We don't ever like hit it because we are, we're in a universe of expansion and we are beings of expansion as well. We are, we will always be called upon to grow. That's why if you hit a goal and you don't, if, and you don't celebrate, but then shortly thereafter set another goal, 
we start getting depressed, we get self-destructive, we start getting really restless and we move backwards because we're meant to grow and we're meant to expand. So there is no arrival. And when I, when I, when I finally just really embrace that there's no arrival, there's just more growth and there's more to learn and there's more to get curious about, that's when life got really, really good. Now I still have my goals and I have my milestones and, and things that I'm working towards, but it really is like I, I stopped, I stop getting so tied up about the deadline mm -hmm. and I get really, really interested about my experience and what am I doing today to move the needle forward to my next milestone and what's this experience been like? And that's how, that's how you have, that's how you have prosperity. And when you understand that money's not your source, money is a channel. Your clients aren't your source. They're a channel. Your boss isn't your source. The government's not source. They're all just channels. Your higher power, whether that's God or universe or infinite intelligence or whatever you call your higher power, that's your source. And your source is limitless supply and limitless resources and immense amounts of comfort as you're journeying. So when a channel dries up, it's okay. You're already connected to source and source is limitless supply. It's, it's what allows us to, you know, go through 2020 and then go through the fallout of 2020 and in hyperinflation that's going on currently as we're recording this podcast. And like, it allows us to go through the, the times that are filled with unrest and uncertainty, feeling rested and feeling certain that everything always works out for you because you are connected to your true source. And, and that to me is the greatest prosperity ever. That's what's going to bring more money in. That's what's going to bring in the health. That's what's going to bring in the relationships that, that you want and the enoughness that so many people are searching for is really being connected to your source. Mm. What I'm hearing is like a shift from your external world and chasing those external external goals external things in your life um, as the source of what you want to experience in your life and instead going within and what did it take for you to experience that shift within yourself and really begin to actually allow that shift to happen in your life because I know for a lot of us in this industry it's sometimes a, a fight within ourselves to actually allow that to happen allow that shift to be experienced fully uh-huh yeah so I had to lose it all in order mm -hmm. to learn it and so I, that was a necessary part of my journey. I don't think that it's a necessary part of everybody's journey, but it was for me, um, because I was in so much push energy. Like I built my business from nothing to multiple six figures in two years, which is a relatively short amount of time to take something from nothing. And you're making 30 grand a month from it. And I'd never made that kind of money, but because I was in so much struggle, I was coming at it from an angle of I'm not enough. I was in constant push and that is masculine energy masculine energy is the push energy. Feminine energy is the pulling energy. And you mentioned chasing. So I felt like I was chasing. And what happens when something is chased? It runs. Like it's just our natural. If somebody's going to chase me, I'm instantly going to run. And so I was coming at it from that kind of energy. And I didn't think that I could actually hold it. And because your reality will always match your inner beliefs, <laughs> my business began to tumble. And the faster and harder I worked, the faster and harder that thing fell. And when it finally, like when the dust finally settled, I was like, oh my gosh, I created this and I didn't mean to. Like I finally set down the beat up stick of not enoughness and blaming myself for screwing everything up. And I was like, dang, I'm a really powerful creator because my biggest fear was bankruptcy, not death. It was bankruptcy. And I created a bankruptcy for my family. And I was like, huh, wow, I, I did that. And I didn't mean to, you know, I bet I can create my way out of this and actually start creating what I actually want by being more intentional about what the experience is and what I'm focusing on and like using the universal laws and mental laws and all of that to actually help me. And I realized, you know, I was in a lot of fear about not having enough money when we didn't have enough money. And I was in a lot, a, a lot of fear about losing money when we had plenty of money. So I was always in fear and anxiety around mm. money, whether we had it or whether we didn't. And I realized I'm the common denominator of the money. I'm the common denominator of the anxiety. It's not the money's fault. Money's mm. just the result of my own inner beliefs and my energy and what I'm putting out um, energetically in my own vibration. So I, 
I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to work on me. And so it was about being relaxed financially, regardless of whether I had permission from the bank account to be relaxed financially. And at that time we didn't have permission. We were $1,500 behind in our bills and it was growing every month. Um, I, I don't know how we were going to get out of this thing, but I realized I had made money my source. And so if the okay. bank account said we had enough money for me to feel relaxed, then I would feel relaxed. But it came to a point where we could have six figures in the account and I still wasn't feeling relaxed because what if? What if hyperinflation? Mm. What if dollar collapses? What if this, that, or the other? What if emergency? What if death? Like all of the things. And when I stopped making money source and just let it be a channel and I could get into relaxation that God is my source and only good can come of this and we'll be okay. And I can pay part of my bills, even if I can't pay all of them and start expressing gratitude for those things I already had in my life. That's when the relaxation started. That's when the prosperity came in. It's why the money came so quickly in such a short amount of time. Um, it wasn't because I changed anything except what was going on in my mind and the vibration that I was putting out. I didn't, I didn't work harder. I didn't work faster. I didn't work longer. Um, I, I, I got better I got better at what I was doing because I was just like, you know what? We're just going to, we're just going to let God float me here <laughs> for a little mm. while and <laughs> figure things out. We wow. figure things out. And that, and that's, that's what it was losing it all, losing it all and realizing wow. I was still okay. I was still okay. And we got through it. What a beautiful moment that must've been to like see yourself with nothing and be like, I'm okay. Yeah. Roof over my head. I have, all of these things that I can still be grateful for. What a beautiful moment that must have been for you. It, 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 was, it was remarkable. It was one of the greatest teaching moments and, and moments that were actually months. It wasn't just like, boom, I had this epiphany and then two seconds later, everything changed. It mm -hmm. was six months. I had to go through every minute of those six months, but that's a relatively short amount of time for things to change that quickly. But, but it really was just this like... God wanted to teach me that I could be rich with $0 in my account and I could be rich with millions of dollars in my account as well. And the money did not have to have any sort of influence about whether I was rich or not. And that's what he needed to teach me. But I had to get to a point where I could hear him because before that point, like Emma, I've been trying to save my company for like two years. We were in a financial free fall for two and a half years. That was intense. That was enormous amounts of fighting for me and a whole lot of resistance and so much fear. That's why I put on 45 pounds because I was so scared to fall and your body mm -hmm. loves you so much that what better way to cushion your fall than 45 extra pounds on your butt, right? So like everything was working for me, but, but finally, like when we hit the rock bottom, I was like, gosh, I, I thought that I was falling thousands of feet. I fell maybe four inches. Like it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't, no, no bones were broken. Like we're okay. It was a little jarring, but holy cow, we're okay. And God's like, all right, now we can teach her. He's like, Allison, suited up. She's ready to get on the field. She's ready to play. <laughs> and it was awesome because mm. like I could, I could be grateful for the amount of money that was coming in and continually declare to myself, this means we're rich. This means we're rich. I mean, we're, we're in highest gas prices in history right now. And we can go and if we, if we only fill up the tank halfway, because that's how much we have, this means we're rich. We have this vehicle that's going to get us from one place to another in relative comfort and in great amounts of speed, much faster than we could walk. This means I'm rich. So mm -hmm. I started playing this, this game of this means I'm rich and this means God wants me to be rich. And I did it with money and I did it without money. I did it. I, I would go outside and I look at a beautiful clear blue sky and I love clear blue skies. And I was like, God gave this to me today to enjoy. This means I'm rich. This means he wants me to be rich. I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm thirsty right now. I have water literally at my fingertips. This means I'm rich. So many people don't even have this. And I have an awesome metal straw and I love my metal straw because it keeps it cold. Like this means I'm rich. Like I would play those little games with myself and, and they sound a little bit silly, but they're absolutely profound mm -hmm. in the way that, that they'll shift your energy. They'll shift your thinking and they open you up to receive more. They really do. They really do. And then I had ideas for programs that I could create and people that I could reach out to. And, and I started getting my self-esteem back and my confidence back and, and understanding that this thing is bigger than me and I don't have to be perfect. And I get to be raw and I get to be transparent and it gets to be messy when it's messy. And that's actually going to make me more relatable to people because 
I'm a human too. And I'm not just sitting on a rainbow blowing bubbles and petting my unicorn and, you know, like farting lollipops. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm in the trenches with everybody, but I think I'm having a different experience from what I learned from what most of the experience that most people are having because they don't understand the prosperity approach. Mm. And that's what I learned. And that's what I teach them. My whole big umbrella is called the prosperity approach, success without struggle. You can have success without struggle. You can't have it without challenge. There is enormous value to the challenge. There's no value to the struggle. So let go mm. of the struggle and start approaching life from prosperity and receiving and watch how it changes. And it changes with you first. Mm, beautiful. And how did you how did you approach those times and also balance that with the fear? Because there must have been moments where the gratitude was there, but there was also that fear coming to the surface. Also those moments of doubts. How did you allow yourself to also feel through those feelings? Oh, I love that question. What I learned with what most of us do with fear and doubt is we get really, really manipulative and we get into an enormous amount of resistance when there's doubt or fear there. No, I can't feel this. I need to go to gratitude. And so we actually use gratitude as a weapon mm -hmm. rather than as a tool. And so it, it really was because what we use gratitude for, if we're using gratitude as a weapon, this is what it looks like, or this is what it sounds like. I'm grateful for everything in my life. Now change it all. <laughs> it's not actually gratitude. We're trying yeah, to I'm get be present, so then something happens. <laughs> yes, yes. So, like, and I remember this. I'd get a client, and I'm like, "Thank you so much for my client." Now send ten more. <laughs> I was actually feeling gratitude in that moment, mm. but I was feeling afraid that that was a one-hit wonder, and I mm. wouldn't be able to duplicate it again. And so, and and we use that, or we use gratitude as a weapon of shame. Look at all mm. you have. Look at all you have, and you still want this. So many people don't even have what you have. You should be grateful for what you already have. So then we're shaming ourselves because we want more or we want things to change. But when I, when I got out of trying to change anything except how I felt, that was my whole agenda. It was not to bring in more money. It was not to circumvent a bankruptcy. It was not to lose weight. It was so that I would feel better for three minutes at a time. That's where I started because I couldn't even go three minutes without feeling fear or anxiety. And so using that was just for me to calm the heck down. And when that, when that was my intention, oh, then, then God gave me all of these other really wonderful techniques and activities and things that I could do, exercises that I could do to perpetuate the feeling good and feeling calm and feeling settled. And, and that doesn't mean that in the past several years. I haven't had moments of doubt. I haven't had moments of fear. When that crops up, what I do now is I remember what my foundation is. I laid a foundation of certainty. And the certainty that I laid is that everything always works out for me and only good can come of this because everything always works out for all of us. Mm. We're still here. It's evidence that everything always works out for us. It doesn't always work out the way we imagined it or how we wanted it to. But the fact that we're still on this planet means everything is all, it's always worked out for you. So you have evidence backing that. I think the certainty that most people are after is if I do A, then B must happen. And it's mm -hmm. going to happen in this amount of time frame that I'm going to call C. And that's the certainty that we're after. And we get really, we become this micromanager of the journey and we start hating the journey because we want certainty that if I run this ad, it's going to bring me X amount of dollars. Well, but if you have certainty that no matter what, everything is always working out for you. And even in those transitory times, and even in those times we were talking before we started recording about like the void and we're just like feeling into it. And and those times of heartbreak, I have had heartbreaking times, just like everybody else has through this whole journey of these last two and a half years. But if I can, during those heartbreaking times, tell myself only good can come of this, only good can come of this. It makes me look for the good instead of why is this happening, God? Because you're going to get an answer that's on par with a question and in whatever, whatever energy you're in, in the moment. Why doesn't this work? Well, because you're a loser. <laughs> like those are the questions I used to ask. And those were the answers I would get because that's the mm -hmm. vibration that I was in. But when I can say only good can come of this, where's the good? I have to find the good. Where's the good? That tempers the fear. That tempers the doubt. The, the everything always works out for me tempers the doubt. All right, we just, we're, we're just going to get through this. 
and we're going to breathe and we're going to find how things are already working for me right now and how I'm supported right now in this moment. I like, I think we all have like collectively, we have this brain where if things don't work out, we're going to live under a bridge. Like, I don't know why we always put ourselves under this bridge and we're freaking homeless. (laughs) If this campaign doesn't go well, or if I miss a house payment, like within 12 hours, I will lose everything. And then I'll never wash my hair again. It's such a survival thing, isn't it? It's like deeply rooted in in us, like in our ancestry and everything. It's like this survival. Mm. It, It is, it is. And we cannot grow in survival. We can't because we don't have the capacity to be able to grow in survival. But when I realized, okay, if we lose our house, then what? Well, we have family here. We have friends here. They're not going to let us live under a bridge. We're not going to be like, yeah, so we don't have a house. So you can catch us under the freeway. And they're like, okay, that's great. If we have to, if we have to like get some air mattresses out and sleep on somebody's couch or be in somebody's basement for a while, then those options will be presented to us. Like we have those resources. So, so when I backed myself off of that cliff and just realized no matter what, everything is going to work out for us. And by the way, we didn't lose our house. We didn't lose mm-hmm. our cars We did in the bankruptcy. It ended up being the greatest blessing that we could have ever hoped for in our life. It taught me I must cash flow because what I had done, I mean, we had 150 grand in debt and 90 grand of it was in credit cards all to grow my business, all in the sake of my dream. And so what God wanted to teach me was the credit card is not my safety net. God's my safety net. Mm. That's not my cushion of comfort. God is. (laughs) So I get to cash flow everything. And that's what I wanted anyway, was to cash flow every part of my life, all of my investments, my business. And that bankruptcy allowed us to do that. See how only good can come of this? Because Mm. now three years later, I cash flow everything. I have high-end mentors and I cash flow it. All of our investments, we cash flow. My business is 100% in the black all the time because we cash flow. We don't have credit cards that we're using. And if we had a credit card, we pay it off immediately. Like it it was the greatest blessing, but you have to look for those things because what you look for, you find. And what you focus on expands. It's the universal law of focus, What you focus on expands. So what are you focusing on? The fall or are you focusing on the landing? Mm, Wow. So much, so much wisdom in that. I'm like integrating it all as we're listening. <laughs> I want to bring us back full circle before we before we finish off today. And how do you find with having these experiences with life and also balancing them with your own desires? Because we spoke a bit about how the feminine is about desire and about your own desires. And then obviously there's, like you said earlier, there's some times that we don't experience what we want or what we want to experience, what we want to reach. How do you balance that experience with actually also still tuning in and into your intentions, into your desires? I don't stop until I reach my desire. And so when things happen, when when things happen that seemingly are leading me away from my desire, I don't change my desire. Now I used to, I used to dial way, way back what my desires were because I was afraid I wouldn't get them. Mm -hmm. I would set goals that I know I could reach because I'd reached them before. That's not a goal. That's a task. And, and so with, with my desires, I get really focused on what my desires are in those four cornerstones, financially, relationally, physically, and spiritually. What am I working on for that, for, for, for a quarter, for 90 days, for a year, whatever you want. I don't really go beyond a year. I mean, I have my horizon goals, but I don't, you know, focus on more than like, what am I creating in this year? And then what am I doing as milestones in these next 90 days? And I break it down that way. So that's the feminine support or sorry, that's the masculine supporting the feminine with the structure, but I don't change the desire because my desires are put there by God. Desire means of the father, desire of sire of the father. And so I believe that my desires in my heart are put there by a God and a power that loves me immensely and knows that this will bring my soul joy. So that tells me two things. First of all, I have the ability to make that desire my reality. I have an obligation to make that desire my reality and Mm -hmm. God's going to help me because my God's not cruel and he's not going to give me a desire and then say, Hey, good luck on getting it. I've got more important things to do over here than help you get your money goal or help you get your weight goal or your relationship goal or whatever. I got other things I'm doing. Let me know how it turns out. Like, I don't believe that. I don't believe that my God is cruel. I don't think, I don't think your God is cruel. He's going to help me along the way. 
What I don't have control over is when it's going to come or how it's going to come. That's God's part. Mm-hmm. What I have control over is what I want and why I want it and moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. So when you keep rest. those desires, <laughs> trust, trust those desires. And even those things where it feels like you're so far away from them, hold to those desires. How is it going to feel as soon as you get that desire? Go there in your mind and in your heart and feel it mm-hmm. every single day. And then you'll let go of how long it's going to take because you'll fall in love with the journey. You'll fall in love with your life exactly as it is. And when you can fall in love with your life exactly as it is and say, you know what, even if nothing ever changes, I'm okay. And I'm content and I'm happy. That doesn't mean I'm not dreaming, but everything is okay right now. That's when life will change. But you can't be like, I'm happy with everything. Now change everything because that makes (laughs) it manipulative. We just trust the desires. We keep mm. connecting back to our desires, moving toward them. And then, oh, I promise you will fall in love with life. You'll fall in love with your journey. You'll fall in love with the destination. And you will see, you will see miracles every single day in every part of your life. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for all the wisdom that you've shared with us today. It's been such an honor having you here, having you in this space. And I'd love for you to tell the listeners where they can find you. And if you've got anything going on right now that people can tune into, let them know. Oh, yes. Thank you. So I have a podcast as well. that's called The Prosperity Approach. So if you'd like to know more about my philosophy about prosperity in life and how to actually have more prosperity in your life, go to The Prosperity Approach. Um, you can go to prosperityapproach.com slash listen. I'm on YouTube. Just search for The Prosperity Approach and on all of the platforms that you listen to for your different podcasts, I'm there. Can I give everybody a free gift as well? Is yeah, that okay? of course. It'll be in the show notes as well. So if you want to talk them through it and then they can head down there and have a look at it. Wonderful. Now I'm really practical. If you haven't noticed that about me, I'm really practical. I want to know how does this actually work in my life? How does this translate? I don't like the theory. I like the practical application. So I actually made a free download for feminine and masculine energies at a glance. So you know when you're in masculine and when you're in feminine and how they complement each other really, really well in very practical ways. So you can get that at prosperityapproach.com slash at a glance. Um, and you can just like tape that on your wall so you know which energy you're in, how they play together, um, what it looks like when you're feeling really empowered or disempowered and how you show up in those different behaviors. So hopefully that will be of use and of value based on this conversation that we've had mm, today. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Thank you for sharing that. And as we finish up, I'd love for you to leave our listeners with one final word, anything that comes to you right now in this moment that they can take away with them for the rest of their day. You know what? I, I, want, to, I want to share with you my favorite Henry David Thoreau quote. And he says, if one advances confidently in the direction of her dreams and endeavors to live the life she has imagined, you will meet with a success unexpected and common hours. It changed that a little bit from he to she. <laughs> but yeah. that is my, that's my favorite quote. Go confidently mm. in the direction of your dreams. Start endeavoring to live the life you have imagined and you will meet with a success unexpected in common hours because now you're doing something uncommon and you'll get wow. uncommon. Oh yeah. And that's a exciting, expansive, incredible path to walk even in the moments when it's scary, right? Yes, absolutely. And there are scary moments for sure. (laughs) Totally. Thank you so much for coming on, Alison. I just want to honor you because I feel you communicated so much to me in that episode. Like I think you were really tuned in to the energy of what needed to come through and so much to the people that are tuning in in this moment. And it's been an honor to listen to your wisdom and to hear from your journey because I think A lot of us want to be where we are and speak about where we are and forget about what actually brought us to this moment. We're still human. We're all going through these challenges. We're all going through something to the moment that we've got to. And your authenticity to share your journey is is really just really appreciated. Oh, thank you so much. I hope that I've contributed to somebody's life in some way. That's what I'm here for. And that is my greatest joy is to be a blessing to somebody else's life. So thank you for letting me do this. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone who's tuned in today. We will see you next week. Much love, everybody. Bye-bye.